Hello and welcome to the Real to Rank podcast, the podcast that ranks your favorite film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Devin Specht, and with me as always is my brother Dayton. Hey, howdy, hey, everybody. And today, it's it's the same movie, but in an airport. Mm-hmm. We, we did it again. The same shit happened to the same podcasters once again. <laughs> How could the same movie happen to the same podcasters and uh, all that? Um, it's Die Hard 2. Die Harder. Mm-hmm. Die once again. But we never get Die Hardists. No, they were going for that one. That would have been the sixth film in the franchise. Yeah. And then the the uh, eighth one, or the seventh one, would have been Die Hardiest. <laughs> Die Hardy? <laughs> Die Hardy. <laughs> It's a Hardy Boys movie. They're that's really extreme. Yeah, that's that's them and like, oh gosh, I think there's somebody in this. <laughs> this there's a murder, Mr. Tanahashi. Yeah, that's a little bit more serious than the Hardy Boys get into. I don't really know what kind of crimes the Hardy Boys. Call. Uh, I think it's a lot of financial stuff is mm. what they end up uh, delving into in the criminal justice system. <laughs> <laughs> Justice is dealt out by three separate but equal groups. Uh, the district attorneys who prosecute the offenders and the Hardy Boys mm-hmm. who investigate fake crimes and the police who investigate the real ones. And Nancy Drew who does something along with the Hardy Boys. Bum bum. <laughs> Executive produced by Dick Wolf. I mean, Dick, Dick Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. And Encyclopedia Brown does the shit they won't even touch. <laughs> you know, I think there are movies that do that, but I would love to. You can't do it because there'd be an actual child involved, but I would love, like, if we took, like, an Encyclopedia Brown and we're just like, fuck it, he's working sex crimes now. <laughs> Let's have him do some real horrible shit. Let's put Encyclopedia Brown in seven. Yeah, put through their paces. Let's see how good of a detective they really are. <laughs> yeah, like an actual honest to God. Or, or like, like do like an Elseworlds thing, so it's like fucking the Hardy Boys are investigating the fucking uh, Jack the Ripper. Uh, I was like, they're investigating, like, the joker or some batman fucking crimes that that kind of thing could do that too yeah yeah be like uh yeah when robot chicken did scooby-doo mm-hmm. yeah that's right scoob we're dealing with one sick son of a bitch <laughs> right uh anyway die hard uh-huh. it's like the other die hard but horizontal oh Instead yeah that's of- a good point that's a good way to put it <laughs> it's just like I think the movie loses a lot because John can just fucking go anywhere. Well, yeah, he can leave the premises. That's something I was thinking about right before we started. Where it loses that cool, uh, the single setting of the first movie really add. I think we talked about it the last time. That just makes it so much more of a complete story and gives you a lot to work with. Whereas in this one. The airport's not locked down. I mean, he's it's, free to just fucking... He could leave the situation anytime he goddamn pleases, but... He's got to pick up his wife mm-hmm. and then get a cab because his car got towed. Yeah. Because he decided to park in a five-minute parking spot or, what? like, 
and his wife wasn't going to land for another fucking 90 minutes. <laughs> so true (laughs) john's an idiot (laughs) (laughs) and then he's arguing with robert costanza he's like no come on this is unreasonable what do you mean this is unreasonable they got a fucking tow truck out (laughs) how long were you parked here john knowing john probably a while like it's been a minute they have to like they don't have those fuckers on standby Oh, sure they do. It's the airport. And I love at the end, they, like, rip up his ticket as if he isn't going to have to pay the impound <laughs> fees. <laughs> it's just a show of goodwill. You know, you it's know, Christmas. You think Dennis Franz is going to call, like, ah, it's fine. Yeah, There's a big bring misunderstanding. Yeah. But, yeah, the fact that he can just leave and we have an excursion that, like, goes to a church and then we have, like, a snowmobile chase. We couldn't have a chase in Die Hard 1. No. Where would they go? Why Up did the we stairs? need a cha- Yeah, that's the- <laughs> it's an elevator chase. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I guess that we're, like, the guys are chasing him and he goes into the elevator shaft. Yeah, but that's not the same type he- of thing. That's not traversal on a fucking snowmobile, like, snowmobile. No. No, this is a fucking foot chase. Yeah. It, like, it and... loses. It's losing that thing. Like, it's learned all the wrong lessons from the first Die Hard, where it's like, we want to put John McClane in these action situations. So they amped up the action, but they really lost the meaning of, like, John McClane just feels like an average dude in the first one who's just fucking getting by by the skin of his ass. And this one, yeah, he is incredibly lucky. Mm hmm verging on superhuman like some of those dudes are like well it's almost it's almost indiana jones level where in indiana jones you kind of i still kind of give indiana jones a pass because it's a world where it's like a little bit extra you know what Mm -hmm. i mean where like there's a supernatural element there's a sometimes a mad science element so i'll give it a pass in those regards right die hard it's not like that (laughs) die hard you know yeah uh, like it just goes like there's a few scenes and we're going to talk about him where he just survives in a way that's just like fucking bullshit. Like well, he's dead. And also just by the like those, those mercenaries bought the wrong grenades to bring to any situation. Talk about right. fucking you could throw those things. You could have a fucking full meal dinner before those things explode. No, it's OK. The mercenaries decided to fuel the plane with like just fuel to the brim. Mm hmm. It's so, and the brightest fuel they can find. It'll land multiple planes, of which I counted five. Yeah. I was like, there was just five planes circling? Yeah, they made it sound like there was a ton. There was a lot of stuff like that where I was just like, it, it just, the minute you start thinking about the plan, mm-hmm. you just, it's the moment the whole thing well, falls apart. And that's, which is, <clears throat> what? Well, unlike the first Die Hard, where it actually, like, that's a rock solid plan. Yeah. Like, their whole plan is, like, actually really works. With, well, you know. and their whole plan in the first one relies so much on us having to stay in the building, us having to remain in the setting, you know. Like, the villains in this one, their headquarters is, like, fucking however the fuck far away from the airport. A snowmobile's drive. Uh, yeah, and a nice uh, leisurely snowmobile ride. Uh, uh, man, yeah. And it's not like it's not a solid movie. I mean, it's, it's not fine. it's not crap. 
It's no, like, it, it could be so good. much worse. Yeah. As I was watching it, I was like, you know what? I, you know, it's satisfactory, but it's definitely not as, uh, not as polished as the first one. It just is extra. It's kind of how it was like, mm-hmm. yep, it certainly is more diehard. Well, it feels like the one that's like, if someone were to just think of the, like the, the, what what is it like the keywords of Die Hard, like action movie, Bruce Willis, fucking explosions, uh, mm-hmm. terrorists. This has all of those things essentially, but none of the stuff that make the other ones kind of work. You know, and I also or not think, enough of it. Sorry, I think the villains are too weak because mm-hmm. if you think about the first one, Hans Gruber, like Alan Rickman as Hans Gruber, is fucking phenomenal. Oh, he's like, great. Just, kills it and then the next one which we're gonna gush about mm-hmm. jeremy irons is fucking awesome yeah he just kills it and there that's nothing against william sadler does the best with what he's what he's working with here no it's this is a plot it's nothing against william sadler yeah he's actually really good it's just there's nothing to fucking colonel stewart yeah colonel stewart just sucks yeah he, like that's he his likes problem. just <laughs> gallivanting in the nude and fucking needlessly killing people but like we don't get like remember in the last one I was saying that Hans Gruber could have totally been a stock action movie bad guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Colonel Stewart is the stock action movie bad guy yeah. I was talking about. Well, yeah, that like that's what makes it feel like every other action movie, whereas the first Die Hard doesn't feel like every other action movie. And also, weirdly, this one for being set in Christmas doesn't lean into Christmas as much. Not that much, no. Like, which is kind of what I felt like made the first one feel a little bit more unique. Mm-hmm. This one is on Christmas, but it's not as omnipresent as the set as yeah. the first. It's just, it's fine. If it wasn't attached to Die Hard, I'm sure it well, would be one of those movies that would just be like, you know, there's people that are like, yeah, all right. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like, it's like, yeah, this movie is pretty good. Yeah. And nobody would really care. Exactly. And the the thing about it, too, is so many of it has so many of the things going for it where if they had just done it a little bit here and a little bit there, it could have been a really cool Die Hard movie. You know, mm-hmm. like there's really neat ideas in here. Mainly, I do really like that whole airport idea where you change it up. And if you just keep it because airports can be huge, you know. Oh, yeah. So there's a lot of a lot of stuff you could you could pull off there so that's that's kind of a disappointment because yeah like i talk about i think i said 20 years or so for having last seen die hard one i can't even remember seeing this this one i don't even know how old i was last i know i've seen it but i might have been like very very small (laughs) when i last saw this it's just one that's just like every time i see it like as soon as we get done with this episode I will remember the high points, but, like, for the most part, I'll forget, Mm -hmm. like, a lot of it. It's just... Well, you'll just... You'll remember what everybody always remembers, which is, it's Die Hard in an airport. Yeah. Which is the perfect logline for the entire thing. Which is, like, a lot of the, you know, a lot of movies were pitched as, like, it's Die Hard on blank. Uh Yeah. It's Die Hard in a big building. Yeah. It's Die Hard on a boat. Uh, That's Speed 2. Yeah. 
Die Hard on a bus. <laughs> die Hard on a train? I don't think they ever did Die Hard on a train. Oh. Broken Arrow? No. Do you remember Christian Slater, John Travolta? Is that the one where he dies with a missile? Not Maybe. like him and a missile die together. I mean, a missile kills <laughs> like, John Travolta. They were holding hands as they <laughs> went over like, the cliff. It was a forbidden love. <laughs> <laughs> What's it meant for this world? <laughs> they just go over the cliff together in a Cadillac. Holding hands. I'd love to watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's just what can I quit you he was a rogue military commander she was an ICBM they were an unforget a forbidden love oh yeah uh maybe I haven't seen Broken Arrow in a very long time mm. I just remembered that Christian Slater's in it and John Travolta. And John Travolta. And it involves a train? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> and then when you're like, isn't he killed with a missile? The only thing I thought of was fucking The Rock. And I was like, no. <laughs> no that's Nicolas Cage. And then they're like, wait, aren't they? Are, is it Nicolas Cage and John And then it's like, no, that's Face Off. Yeah, it could yeah. be a whole thing. Yeah, no. Face Off is an American classic. I want to take sure... his face off. No, I'm pretty sure that there's a... I'm almost 100% certain there's a John Travolta movie out there where he dies by getting hit in the crotch with a missile. It's a small <laughs> missile. <laughs> no, I mean, it's a missile-sized missile. I mean, all, missiles, all missiles are <laughs> missile-sized. Exactly. It's just kind of the nature of the beast. <laughs> But I'm pretty sure, like, I think that's it. And I, this is a discussion for another time. Email right this web zone. Yes, yeah, right in. Uh, <laughs> Tell us and, more about Broken Arrow. Yeah. We could look it up, but fuck it. No, we're not going to. We're not going to. We're talking about Die Hard. We're talking about Die Harder. Two. Which I think in the German is just the harder. <laughs> Why have I never thought of that stupid? <laughs> oh, yeah, there we go. That's uh, the top tier content people want. Bruce Willis in the hard. This <laughs> yeah, hard. Uh, yeah. So you want to just? Oh yeah, this was released in nineteen ninety and directed by Rennie Harlan mm-hmm. of Cutthroat Island fame. Yeah, that's a familiar name. I'd like it. Not. Yeah. You don't read a lot of Rennies in the wild. No, but that name I've heard before. I did, again, I didn't do my fucking <clears throat> do research this time around. But mm. yeah. yeah, do you want to just, just hop right in? I think this is the longest like cold open where we talked about the movie without getting into it. You know, thereabouts maybe. Yeah. I, it's well, this so... movie, this movie just literally just jumps right into it. So we with we like need the to... most aggressive title, it's just yeah. like Die Hard. It ju- like drives <laughs> right in and then stops, like Die Hard Two, <laughs> and then someone's getting towed. It is yeah. John's fucking mother-in-law's Buick, mm-hmm. which uh, I don't have a mother-in-law, but if I did, I don't think she'd appreciate her car getting towed. No, 
and uh, Robert Costanza, uh, most famous to me, of course, for being Harvey Bullock in Batman the Animated Series, is like, uh, get the fuck out of here, Bruce Willis. I don't care who you are. You can get the fucking car at the impound lot. Merry and he's Christmas. like, it's Christmas. And he's like, Vince, have Santa Claus get you a new car. Yeah. Well, and uh, John also, like, he says a bunch of stuff where we catch up with everything that's happened very quickly. He now Come on, works... I'm an L.A. cop. Yeah. I moved here from <laughs> it's like the clunkiest mm-hmm. fucking what I did last over my two-year vacation. Yeah, this movie has no time. We have to get to dieharding. So... Uh, yeah, he's like, I've uh, worked for the LAPD, my wife got a job out here, then a bunch of shit happened in Christmas in 1988, and then I became, you know... Well, and now I'm here with, with with my in-laws, because they live in Washington, D.C., it's, it's a whole thing, and uh, please let me have this car, and I'll park it in the garages that presumably have to exist. He parked it in front of the fucking terminal, Rockstar yeah. parking style, like... He's John McClane. He's on new. He's he was on uh, Dateline, sixty yeah. minutes. He's probably talking to Letterman. You know, I imagine too. It's like he seems like yeah. With that story, he could like sell like in universe. It'd be like I don't even know why he'd be a cop. He could probably just sell the book, or you know. I mean, he probably could, but the, I mean, he his, seems duty his, bound. He doesn't du- really well, he seem seems much. he seems duty bound, but also like if you think about how many other. Like, I don't know why, but just like when I think about certain other famous cops who have like been in major cases, again, John McClane's case is a bit more bigger and larger in life than usual, of course, but they usually end up just staying in the job anyway, you know? Yeah, they write a book about it, but that's usually like a nice bit of mailbox money. Yeah, that's fair. But, uh, yeah, he is, we are in Washington, (laughs) D.C.'s Dulles Airport. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is, I've never actually been to Dulles. Always I go to either. Reagan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, he deals with the cop. Also, like more 90s technology, and this one's even more in your face, where it's like, it's the 90s. We have beepers now. Yeah. We can talk to people from the plane to the ground. Yeah. The future. Like air, air phones. <laughs> and I'm like, it's a fair play to, to Holly. We don't have that shit now. I don't think we want it. What do you mean? But a phone on a plane? No, yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I, when was the last time you seen a phone on a plane? I don't I always know. Have to put like, on it, airplane mode. It was, it was. It's like ashtrays in restaurants. I haven't seen them in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, and we get more of our setup here. Um, so we have a general. Uh, mm-hmm. I did not catch his name. Esperanza. Esperanto and uh, General General Esperanto is uh, the dictator of Val Verde, mm-hmm. the green. Delicious. And uh, mm-hmm. I love a good Val Verde salsa. <laughs> salsa Val Verde. Mm. And like as uh, they this reporter who reminds me of a human version of. Of Gadget from Chippendale's Rescue Rangers come to life? Oh, yeah. I've seen her other stuff around the 90s. I can't remember. I didn't write no. down her name. No, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, she just has a very oh, mousy yeah. vibe. Like, I don't know why. I'm just, like, I associate her with cartoon mouse. Uh, was Gadget a mouse? I'm sure. Sh- yeah, I guess so. 
anyway, as this is going on, William Sadler's just stretching all up in his butt in the buff, and yeah. we're we're part of it. Yeah, he's all glistening, and he's having a fucking. Uh, well, he's not having a full-on Martin Sheen in Apocalypse Now moment because he's not having a heart attack and he didn't punch the mirror. But it's just just close enough. Yeah, he's... It's a lot of naked like, Sadler all of a sudden. Yeah, it's just like... It's, we really got to know him. <laughs> yeah, uh, in ways that we never got to really know Hans Gruber. I don't want to know Hans Gruber <laughs> that well. I mean, we kept it professional with Hans, but we, we get very personal with Stuart. Yeah, yeah and he is like... Just like I guess this is supposed to like show that he's like a hand to hand hand to hand fight. I don't know. Intense. I like, think it's supposed to show like that kind of bizarre, crazed intensity. Yeah, because that's like Sadler's only thing is yeah, military what, yeah. precision and cruelty. Mm-hmm. Like we don't get enough of like. He's, Why? Yeah, he's, um, he's like a lame version of Francis Hummel from The Rock. Except Francis Hummel has, like, good reasons. That's what I mean. He's lame. Yeah. He's a lame version of Francis Hummel. Francis Hummel is such a well-rounded, vi- like, villain. He's not even the villain at the well, end. Well, do you know, like, what, they I, you have know to, what I'm yeah. saying? The antagonist. There we go. Yeah, they have to get, like... <laughs> Francis Hummel is such, like, almost flirting with being a good guy that they have to get people that are worse so yeah. that we have an actual have bad get, guy. They have to get Tony Todd in there. And then a guy who is another actor that looks like William Sadler, but also always plays a shit heel. I can't remember his name. William Sadler does not always play the bad guy. He was death in Bill and Ted's bogus journey. That's yeah. the one thing that I know him most for. Uh, he's also the voice of that one Securitron that helps you out in uh, Fallout New Vegas. No. Oh. So there you go. There yes, man. No, yes, man's Dave Foley. Um, God damn it! Oh, it's gonna, it's gonna bug me. We must move on. We will be here all day. Okay, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So he's doing the naked stretching. So as I can figure out, because I was distracted by that Sadler ass, <laughs> saddlebags, saddlebags. <laughs> That's his nut sack. Oh, uh, we almost saw it. Um. You see the t- you see you see you, something. I was there. like, I don't. Mm. That's where that high definition TV really failed you, then. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> Having the seventy-five inch uh, TV showing a full-blown Sadler glory. <laughs> so, a General Esperanto, like they drop a lot on us. It's just like he was given money to fight the communists, but instead he invested in drug money. And then these extradited to the United States, and I'm like, we can just do that? Oh, yeah. Like, and they'd like, yeah, and oh, here he is in the airport, like, waving and smiling, and, like, nothing's happening. And and then Sadler, like, like he has a gun, but it's the remote. And he turns and shoots the remote, and then we see all the dudes uh, marching out. Um, and I, I uh, there's a bunch of... Uh, people that I noticed as being part of the bad guy team that I was like, oh shit, like he went all out. He oh, got yeah. fucking Robert Patrick to be on his bad guy team. Oh yeah, John Lake was almost got... there as well. Fucking yeah, Bondy like... Curtis Hall's there. Uh, Sundown from Top Gun. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he's there. Uh, he's actually like, he fucking he's there to the end. He's a ride or die Sadler oh, yeah. guy. He makes it through. Well. Yeah, well, right yeah. to the bitter fucking end. Right to the right till the bitter end. 
Yeah. You know, I was thinking we were missing our Carl, though. Like, we don't get, like, a... Like, a big, tough guy that, like, is... That fights... That has, like, a, a grudge against uh, John. Yeah. Well, because, like, that's the other part of it, too, is, like, the back and forth between Grieber and John. You know, they have... To, they get to know each other fairly well by the end, mm-hmm. whereas it feels like the colonel's just sort of there. Yeah, they more know about each other. Well, and John feels so much more tacked on to this plot. Like, he definitely <laughs> yeah. feels like he, oh, he accidentally stumbled onto it, which I like. But then everything else, he really is just a tag along instead of being a main component yeah, he's like, and John's also here. Yeah. And, like, everyone else is just, like, because he's not, like, they're all in this shit together. So, like, when the cops and everybody are all talking, they're just like, fuck off, John. You're not a part mm-hmm. of this. Is it? Like, you're just Thanks for the help, dude, on. but uh, get the fuck out. But yeah. he's like, my wife is up there. Yeah, dude. A lot of people's wives are up there. <laughs> There's though. lots of people up there. <laughs> this is a dangerous situation, John. <laughs> Like, you know, like, they have a point as opposed to, like, it's weird because, like, the the vibe is different. Because mm-hmm. when John's up there in the, in the Nakatomi Plaza as a New York cop in Los Angeles, it's like, yeah, but he is, like, the only one that's in there. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, it was just thrust upon him. He wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah. This one, he just seems like he's just fucking barreling his way in. <laughs> yeah well he's full-on fucking uh rogue cop fucking like you know uh whatever that fucking old standard action hero line is he's fucking loose cannon it. cop yeah he's lo- played by the rules <laughs> exactly he's playing into that a lot with the same you know bruce willis charm and it's well, just you know what yeah and, and i mean we get so this is where we're getting into it where he's just barreling in because he, he calls his wife, that's who's paging him, mm-hmm. is a bank of payphones, which are a throwback. Um, and, he, you know, his wife's on the airphone, like, how about we just ditch the kids with your with your parents on Christmas Eve, loaded up with sugar, and we'll just, like, forget about the towed car and just, you know. Rent a car, rent a hotel, and celebrate Christmas together. Yeah, just like when we were teenagers, and Holly's like, that sounds like a perfect plan. And, yeah, and then he's just hanging out at the hotel bar, or the the, the airport bar, Yeah, and he sees the exchange, because the bad guys, like, uh, is that Joe Piscopo? Is that, the one guy that's with them also seems really familiar. Is it that guy? Uh, he's like, we gotta synchronize our watches, and I'm like... Oh, that, yeah. That guy. <clears throat> I think also it might looks, be, maybe. I can't remember. Uh, he also looks familiar, but, like, John notices that they're all, like, kicking packages back and forth mm-hmm. to each other. And he's like, that's super suspicious. Yeah. I'm going to go. Well, first, he does he does try to get the cops, but it's the cop that towed him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then he's like, well, I can't trust Harvey Bullock. And we're obviously not in Batman's jurisdiction, so I got to deal with those. And, yeah, he follows them into the baggage claim area by getting a janitor. Mm-hmm. And, like, hey, do you, uh, you know, let me through and get the police. And he uses his badge. And the other thing, and I think we got to bring this up, is it's just interesting to see airports in the 90s with just being, like, a joke. 
of security. Well, <laughs> just I mean, like... just kind of how like they were, like it is like very true how they used to be, where it was you know you could do so much more in airports without nearly as much scrutiny. Of course, things things of course have of course have to change. But uh, yeah, it is it is very different where they were just like any other fucking public terminal, you know. It's just yeah, like well, okay, whatever. It's just I don't know. That's another thing that I always come away with after I watch this movie is just like, man, you could just fucking go to yeah. the <laughs> just like you could smoke or you know, like nobody bought it, like nobody would have batted an eyelash except for John, who was just like. Why are these heterosexual men exchanging packages? Well, it is very suspicious if you actually happen to be paying attention to them. You know, he, yeah. had, he had the just right angle, and John has proven, as in the last one, he's very good at spotting. You know, he's good at being a detective, so. Actually, that is, yeah. I did like that. That is his job. But yeah, then he sees the two guys, they're doing something. Mm-hmm. He's like, there's something sus going on back there. Oh, this is too, because the. Uh, we don't get the whole thing, but they do mention that they uh, uh, are missing a guy. They had to get a new guy. Mm-hmm. And that is about the only setup they ever do yeah, yeah. Uh, to something that happened. Like, oh, there's a complication. They have a new guy. Yeah. And I thought they were talking about mustache guy that gets crushed. Mm-hmm. Crustache. <laughs> no, crustache. Crustache was not the new guy. That's true. I forgot about that. That's right. They do set that up. That is the only thing that they set up in the whole fucking thing. Because um, otherwise it just kind of feels out of nowhere. Because uh, it is. Um, but yeah, John's just like, hey, what are you guys doing here? Let me see some ID. And then they whip out guns and they get into a big firefight, which I noted was 13 minutes into the movie. Yeah. And compared to the first Die Hard, like, John hadn't even taken off his shoes yet. Exactly. There's so much more setup in the first one for character stuff. Which, I guess, you know, there is a bit of shorthand where it's like, we already know John. We mm-hmm. already know Holly. Yeah, but that that's such a poor, like... Because you could do so much better character setup to make us more invested in that. That's what I mean. Like, they could do... I So many good elements that they could have polished up and, like... I, present it better i would have probably liked to see the general like more with the general like establish instead of it being in the background well uh sadler does that you know maybe establish a bit more of like why they're doing it what are they planning on doing because all i got was they're planning on holding everything hostage so that they could take the general on a dream vacation to the caribbean now do it like take it from one plane onto another plane and then I was also like, but how are you guys going to get any any money? You guys don't have any money. I guess he has money wherever their sweet vacation spot is. And they're going to take you to Costa Rica. Like, what? <laughs> it's like, but I was like, you know. And I, I also, at the end there, I was like, why aren't they just going to shoot down your plane? Well, I guess you didn't they're take hoping it... to do it before anybody gets really alerted, right? Yeah, well, they're like, oh, here's your plane. And I was like, you're in Washington, D.C. They're going to fucking scatter some F-16s That's and true shoot too. you down. Why did they put this in Washington, D.C.? so weird. <laughs> it's like, they're going to fucking scatter. Like, as soon as that plane gets over international waters, they're going to shoot you the fuck down. Yeah. Like, you're... 
that's you know what I mean? Like, I guess it has to be in Washington because it can't be in somewhere like Cabo San Lucas, because why would John be there? Well, that's uh, where they're taking a vacation. John McClane is spring break. <laughs> yeah, why not? I don't like to lose. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, they get into a big fight. John loses his badge and his gun. But it's okay, because they have a big crushing machine, which they use to crush packages and rocks and people. Mm. And he kills one of them. <laughs> yeah, all the <laughs> luggage that gets left behind, they just put it in this fucking crushing just, machine. I was like, what the Why fuck do they is have the that at the airport? <laughs> what is the purpose of this machine? Well, maybe the idea is, like, certain stuff can fit through it, but a human body's not really supposed to. But then why would it crush us? I don't know. Yeah, well, that's why I was like... Why cannot luggage, like, I don't think that my luggage could withstand whatever the fuck you're, is it to compact them? You know, it's to make them ready for flight, you know. So anyway, John just <laughs> fucking murders this, well, I mean, it's, it's justified, they were shooting first, but like, just fucking crushes him like it's he, fucking Temple of Doom. And he struggles for a while, it's a really prolonged, very painful death for a mustache and, guy. And then, yeah, Sundown from Top Gun ends up getting away. But okay, now before... so Sundown from Top Gun's Vondi Curtis Hall, then. Yes. Okay. The black guy. Ben Urich. Okay. Oh, is he Ben Urich? Well, in the Netflix Daredevil show, he's Ben Urich. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's Sundown. Uh, he was in, he's in Top Gun. That's oh, okay, the only, yeah. The thing that I remember him most for is yeah. being, like, one of the background pilots in Top Gun. Gotcha, gotcha. We probably brought this up in Top Gun. Anyway, we must continue on. Um, but yeah, but before John can do that, he fucking decides to use a bicycle attack mm -hmm. and double axe handle from the back. And like, he uses a lot of stuff. He ends up using like golf clubs and mm -hmm. anything that he can find. But like the cops find him and they get him and the other guy escapes. Um, then so that's what brings him there. Uh, we skipped over some stuff. We can lump it in here. Holly spends the whole movie in a fucking airplane. Yep, just fucking circling around Dulles. What a great day for Bonnie Bedelia. Yeah. Is probably... <laughs> gets to sit down next to an old woman and William Atherton. I um, mean, in all honesty, like, probably not all that long in comparison. Like, there's not that much in that happens in the airplane. Mm -hmm. Like, it, she feels very much like an afterthought. Well, it feels so tacked on and very much in a position of John needs to have a reason to stay involved in this situation. That is the only reason that John would be involved. Like, yeah. If Holly wasn't there, John would fuck off. You know what John would be doing? He'd be dealing with the impounded car. Well, or, well, he wouldn't be at the airport. You know, but what, yeah, I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, but like, as soon the only thing that's keeping him there and why he keeps pressing is because his wife's got to land the like she doesn't have yeah. to land the plane. That'd be, <laughs> That'd be a fell of a fucking turn. Oh man, that yeah, that something went really wrong. But yeah, and also what well, uh, the Dick reporter is there. Yeah, you know Dick, Bob Thornburg, uh, William Atherton, and uh, Richard Richard Dick Thornburg. Yeah, yeah. Dick Thornburg. And uh, he's there, too, and it got a restraining order against Holly. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's this is so very much. And we talked about this uh, a little bit on the phone of 
feels so very much of we had characters that people really liked from the first one. We have nothing really for them to do here in the sequel, but we know people would like to see them again. Throw them in what seems like the most justified place to put them. Yeah, also I don't really know what Dick Thornburg's job... Because he, he keeps talking about like first class like they paid for, and I was like... It, but it seems like he only works for the DC station. But if so, the stewardesses know what he's about, and they hate that guy too because well, he ran a bunch a of sleazy. From, this is a flight from LA to DC, so I assume that he's just having to be on that flight. Going yeah. To, yeah. But like, I was just because at one point when he gets to the being his real asshole self, he's like, "Network, here I come," and I was like. You're not already working for a network. Well, he's working for that local LA station. Uh, yeah. yeah. And he's so, taking like, his he crew. Was, he wants to fucking, he wants fucking, uh, what's his face? Uh, he TNT. Dan, uh, who Dan Rather money? Wants, not uh, just Dan Rather. God damn it. I'm blanking on so many names today. He's married to Jane Fonda. Ted Turner? That's it. He wants the Ted Turner money. Oh yeah, he wants Lion Ted Turner. Ted. To, he wants Ted Turner. To, I got for him a job. Gotcha. Okay. I thought because he was like network here I come, and I thought he just really wanted to go rent a movie. Yeah, he's like I love Patty Chayefsky. <laughs> I'm mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take it anymore. <laughs> That's gonna speak to me about my morals as a fucking shit heel <laughs> journalist. Um, what else happens on that plane? Uh. That's why we need to be on this plane. We need to set up characters. Uh, we have an old lady that has a stun gun. <laughs> yeah, that was fucked up. Yeah, like, I used it on my little dog. Mm -hmm. He lived for a week. And I was like, yeah, dude, it's just... Did you see that fucking thing? Yeah, Catwoman had it. Yeah, fuck you. That would look <laughs> like it was, like, powered by the Emperor from Star Wars. That thing is so <laughs> fucking powerful. It has a fucking Tesla coil at the end of it. Mm -hmm. You can use it to light up the fucking uh, GDI soldiers in Command and Conquer. And revive Jason Voorhees if you felt like it. The lightning bolt of that <laughs> just, thing was intense. Yeah, just stick it up to his corpse and yeah. make him a revenant. <sighs> and she used it on a Chihuahua. <laughs> Presumably. Uh, but uh, yeah, so William Athens is up here and he's being a dick to the stewardesses. And... Uh, they're like, oh, after you did this piece, bimbo's in the sky, and after you did this piece, fucking... Uh, the dangers know. of air travel or whatever, like yeah. flying junk heaps, yeah. I think they said. Flying and... death traps and whatnot. And then he sees fucking Holly, and he's like, I got a restraining order of 50 yards, yada, yada, yada. And, uh, eventually, the stewardesses just give her free champagne because she's a huge dick. Because she knocked dick. his teeth out. Yeah, yeah, knocked two of his teeth out. Yeah, I thought that was funny. Well... I At least like, they made it worth it in that regard. Yeah, they. But it's like you guys didn't notice when you guys boarded the plane. It's not that big. They didn't see each other. Yeah. Well, know. she was in a much better class, wasn't she? No, she was in coach. He was oh. in. He got moved from first class. Oh, that's right. Because he's though. Hmm. Why would she move from first class? At, oh wait, no, because he was like, ah, I gotta get my first class meal. That's why. I was like, why didn't he fucking? They were 30 minutes out from L.A. It's a long fucking flight. Yeah, five hours. Yeah. But whatever. It's not a big deal. Also, there's an abandoned church. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it's not abandoned. It has one lone occupant dying along with this rickety old church. He gets visitors that were who seem to be from the power company, and they're like, 
here, old guy, can we inspect your equipment? And he's like, oh, well, certainly, come on in. And then he's like, this church is decaying and aging at a rapid pace and is soon not long for this world. And uh, the guy, electrician guys are like, oh, what appropriate words. And then they double tap him. Yeah, well, because he's like, I think they said it, it, it says on the thing that it's going to be the future site of a daycare, and I'm like, what kind of haunted-ass daycare are you going <laughs> to I know, because it's such a creepy location, and we just go to it all of a sudden, and with no context, really. It's like, meanwhile, an idea like church in the snow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's part of the airport expand. I don't know why it would be a daycare. It's well, next you... to a fucking airport. That's a lot of shit. Well, you know, it's daycare. Daycares are cheap to put up. Four walls, one roof, no floors. Perfect daycare. <laughs> yeah, they just throw the kids into the void. There's no floor. <laughs> yeah, just drop them from one of the planes. It's much quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's where they set up their command center. Um, and I guess we can go over a little bit. So here's their, their plan is that they're going to do some digging mm-hmm. and they're going to get into the it's a series of wires and they're going to hack those in and then they're going to become air traffic control. Mm-hmm. And because they're air traffic control and they can control the lights and all the other stuff with air traffic control, they're going to hold all of the planes hostage until they get General Esperanto to come. <laughs> they get him on the plane and then they escape with General Esperanto where they sell drugs or whatever. <laughs> to a place where they sell drugs. Well, because that's what he did. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) just down the road. Uh, It's Washington, D.C. You don't have to go far. uh, Dude, I bet you could. I bet you could fucking find someone that would sell you drugs in that airport. At at the White House, even. Yeah. What is it? George Bush? Yeah. Yeah. H.W. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they're doing that. Meanwhile, John's got to talk to NYPD Blue himself. Mm-hmm. Dennis Franz, who, even though he's a shit, he, I mean, the dude plays a perfect shit heel. He's awesome at it. He's great in this movie. I really, uh, he is, I really enjoyed him. And like, unlike, cause like there's a big undercurrent of incompetent authority mm-hmm. figures, except for John, who's like the only good cop, like him and well, Al Powell. Or the and only Ed two Trudeau, people. I'd say. Trudeau's not a cop. Not a cop, yeah, that's true, a... yeah. I would say an authority figure. Yeah, but like uh, a big string of like authority figures are incompetent mm-hmm. and can only follow into their rules. And once you take them out of that rule set, they're terrible. Mm-hmm. That is the themes that I always get out of these two movies is like, yeah, the cops suck. They can't figure out anything. They're easily duped and mm-hmm. easily played. And they always follow, like, they're easily, like, um, what's the word for it? You can, like, those guys, in the, the agents of the first one are like, oh, this is a 35B or whatever. Procedure. Always, yeah. By the book. Yeah, they're always too rigid, I guess. Yeah. Like, and he's the same way. He's just like, you gotta, you know, investigate this crime. And he's like, he was stealing baggage. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he was not stealing baggage. He had a Glock 7. That is a ceramic gun made in Germany. It, it's not. that No such thing exists. That was a Glock. He just has a fucking... Well, John's trying to... You know, John knows that. He's just selling it to try and make Dennis Franz move his ass. No, he was Yeah. But... Because uh, he's right. But, like, in 
like in our universe, the gun that he had. No, is, totally. That's what it, is, it is not a ceramic gun. There is no such thing as an all, like, can you fucking think of an all ceramic gun? I mean, they have what, uh, they're going to have, what are those, those ghost guns? So Not in 1990. Not That's... 1990, but isn't it like, isn't it? I mean, anything's theoretically possible. What's one of the, what are those things that flow like uh, spring clay pigeons? One of those. Turn that into a gun. <laughs> That's what you used. You're gonna, you just made a tribuchet, Dayton. <laughs> but mobile. All guns are really just tribuchets. Yeah, you, you can just pack it. those fuckers up. You played Age of Empires. <laughs> you just load that bitch up with a, with a ball, and then you can destroy all the castles. Yeah, take that, France. <laughs> bitch yeah and then you build a battering ram mm-hmm. <laughs> also all of these not guns <laughs> closer would be the guy that i carried with gunpowder that i just train you train and then you send him to a castle and then he blows himself up outside of the castle hmm. the petard oh that's right hoisted, hoisted by, by his own, own. yes hmm. uh but yeah, the the Glock Seven is what it's called, and and yeah, he gets completely like, get the fuck out of my office. I don't want to hear you. You know, I'll give you a fucking commendation for being such a hero cop in L.A. I got the fucking Shriners and the Lepers, and they play their ukuleles <laughs> all day long. And anybody will gladly shave my back for a nickel. Get out of here, John. <laughs> yeah. Uh... And like, I got a parrot coming in from the Cincinnati Zoo, and. Like, he lists off a whole bunch of things that I'm like, yeah, dude, it's an airport. <laughs> I got the Boy Scouts. Yeah. I got Santa Claus shipping in a reindeer. Like, <sighs> like I can't shut down the baggage claim. Mm-hmm. What'll that do to the cheese boards? What'll that do to the businessmen? What'll that do to the families trying to get to St. Louis and El Paso? Think, John, think. It's a John uh, steals some supplies from the Enterprise Rent-A-Car and does prints. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> so he sits uh, and he sings 1999 with the Revolution. That <laughs> <laughs> um, he parties as though it were 1999. Mm-hmm. And then he gets the fingerprints. Which is best if we don't describe it. Mm. Of the guy, the dead guy, and uh, and we get our our appearance mm-hmm. of Al Pal. Al Pal shows up again. Al, Al Pal, Pal gets, makes his return. What? Al Pal scowl. <laughs> Al Pal's pal across across the country in Washington D.C. gives him a holler. Yep. And uh, we can tell it's Al because he has Twinkies, because that's the one thing that he had. And I was like, those were for his wife. Yeah, she's pregnant. That kid's like a year and a half or whatever now. I don't know how far. Well, well, because the first one was in 1988. Well, so this would be 19. Yeah, Yeah, so yeah, he'd be like, yeah, you're you're so. Yeah, that's right. Math. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least a year old. If not if not more, I don't. I don't know. Maybe that's all he eats. Maybe they converted to just eating Twinkies as part he's, of their diet. There's a hostessism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a hostafarian. <laughs> yeah. All I eat are ho hos and yeah. ding dongs. They're all. They're just. They're the. They're the kosher foods of my religion. <laughs> have, you, have you accepted the Twinkie Cowboy as your personal Lord and Savior? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and so Al Powell gets a fax, just the fax. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just the, the fax makes... with Al Powell. <laughs> and uh, gets with the prince, he's like, run this through every database that you have. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, okay. Oh, John, <laughs> you're at the airport. And I was like, yeah, he presumably had to fucking take vacation, right? But he's like, okay, here you go. This is Prince. It looks like uh, he's dead. No, he died in 1988 in a plane crash. You're dealing with a zombie, John. <laughs> Get I out need of a there. young priest and a new priest. <laughs> this is a, you're a, how do you keep ending up with these situations, John? A necromancy. And, uh, so he, he gets that, gets hit on by the Enterprise rent-a-car lady. Mm-hmm. And then he uh, just the facts. Yeah. And then he goes into the air traffic control tower. Yeah. <laughs> to which I was just like, could you fucking do that? Like, well, in, yeah. If in you're 1990, fucking, would if they loose, just let you? Maybe not that, but if you're a loose cannon cop who's not abiding by the rules, you're going to have to go up there. And up in the up in the control tower, they're all talking about the weather and Fred Thompson, who plays uh, Ed Trudeau, the uh, head air traffic guy. He's uh, questioning Justin's the, uh, uncle. Yeah, he's questioning the winter storm's involvement in Watergate. And, uh, <laughs> he's a he's future like, district attorney. He's like, uh, winter storm, did you know about the listening devices in the Oval Office? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, how appropriate we brought up law and order earlier. <laughs> well, I, I could figured that would be, you know, tie it in. I, I don't know. We fucking love that show anyway. It doesn't yeah. Matter. Um, but yet, he, uh, there's, uh, they're up there at the eight, like, oh, the storms, like, they're routing everybody to, to Dulles because of the storm that's really hitting mm-hmm. Dulles. And so we're getting all Louisville's traffic, too. And I was like, oh, now you know it's serious. Louisville's yeah. got involved? Yeah. And their traffic's, they're rowdy. Yeah. Those are, oh. those are just ten cans with wings up there. <laughs> so this is when the uh, yeah they're they're talking about the delay. Uh, oh yeah, John. Talk, the reporter tries flagging John, and this reporter uh, gets the worst interviews ever because everyone she ever asks is just like "fuck you, lady." <laughs> yeah, two different people, two separate occasions. Say, <laughs> "fuck you, lady." Oh yeah, John also runs into the colonel. At the airport too, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Didn't I know you?" And he's like, "I got one of those faces." Yeah, you you love my chicken, don't you? Yeah. Oh, oh. Uh, got that sly look. It's part of the triumvirate. Triumvirate. The pentaverate. Yeah. The pen. Yeah, it's the pentaverate. The pentaverate. The queen. Uh, the colonel. The Rothschilds. Sorry. <laughs> um. But yeah, he's gets to the ATC, but then the bad guys take control. Mm-hmm. Um. And that's when they enact their plan. They shut off the lights. And uh, I don't know. Like, this one seemed like it involved having the storm to help them. Yeah. Because if it wasn't for the storm uh, and they just shut off the tower, all of the airplanes would probably be like, that's weird. We're just going to go to Washington. We're going to go to New York or Boston or the adjoining like many numerous airports in the area. Uh yeah, it's not like the Washington area isn't full of a lot of airports. I think Baltimore well, even, has an airport. 
You think? I hope so. (laughs) Well, because it's right fucking there. It's the eastern seaboard. Everybody's got an airport. Yeah, like it's like of all the places, it's kind of the worst place because they just divert all those flights Mm -hmm. to there instead. And as much as like this probably sounds terrible, but I do like the concept of like taking over the airport. And I, I wish they'd done because when they were initially doing the stuff with the packages earlier that led John to like uh, get into a fight with Crustache, I thought those uh, little packages were like bombs or something, and that's how they like would lock down the air. But no, it's all I don't know. No, nope, it's technological. Yeah. So it just feels so uninvolved, like <sighs> dispassionate's not the right word, but it just feels so disconnected that's it disconnected from the setup well the people that they're holding hostage are just nebulously in the sky yeah and like they're all running on fumes and except for one plane essentially for a while i think pretty much don't know the circumstances that they're actually in yeah not until later yeah 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 chief engineer o'brien's plane gets fucked though yeah and then he's cold deady Hey. hey! Uh, but yeah, they make the all kinds of demands. John gets super aggro, uh, with Carmine, which mm-hmm. is Dennis Franz's character, and and just like, like, gets real into it. Just like, hey, if you would have fucking shut down the airport, like I said, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. And I'm like, this isn't really helpful right now, John. No, this is not the right attitude to. T- and I get it again, continuing the. Authority figures are all really incompetent, but, ah, man, I don't know. It's, like, it's so different as opposed to the last one where you had fucking Principal Vernon, who was just, he seemed like such a bureaucrat, and this, I don't know, because it, uh, well, know. it just, like, it takes a lot of the, I don't know if it takes, like, but the fact that John isn't, like, locked in there. Mm-hmm. And is up face to face with the guy, I guess, too. Like he doesn't, he doesn't have an Al Powell with him to like relay messages or something. Well, no, it's like there's tons of people. Like get this guy out of here, mm-hmm. and they'd be well within their rights because, like the again, the only thing that's keeping him around is that Holly's out there. Yeah. Otherwise, and, he'd be watching about this at, at the fucking at home. On the news. No, he'd be in his hotel fucking drinking champagne, just like, oh, sucks to be that guy. Yeah, uh, Looks like Esperanto is going to make it out of this country. <laughs> uh, finally. It's going to be spoken by more than five people. <laughs> worldwide. Esperanto's going <laughs> worldwide. Um, but yeah, so they, they make the demands. They kick John out, uh, mm-hmm. but he's able to use elevator action to escape. Because the reporter lady gets there because Carmine hates reporters. Because it was up for him. He'd kick all the reporters out of there. But then they'd get into that whole uh, freedom of speech, First Amendment bullshit. Yeah. Talking about, talking about their Bill of Rights or whatever in Washington, D.C. of all fucking places. Yeah, the fools. And, uh, but, uh, shit, what happens now? Cause they just have like he fucking... escapes via the elevator. Like he, he takes the elevator. The elevator yeah. Oh, that's right. And... Yeah, and then the guys meet him down there, and she's like, "Oh, he didn't want to wait for the elevator." And they're like, "Whoa!" Whoa. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> he must be a teleporter. Whoa! 
And, uh, yeah, that's when he goes into the many tunnels of the Dulles Airport. Mm-hmm. It's like Moria in there. And Miles meets, of tunnels down there. And he meets The reason Marvin. why they stopped is they breached into a Balrog. What? Yeah, the Balrog of Washington, D.C. It's right yeah. underneath the Capitol. <laughs> it's, it's right down there. Right under the rotunda, actually. That's where yep. it's like, fly, you fools. That's where it's resting. And they call it a mine. A mine. A mine. And he meets Marvin the janitor, who's around listening to records. And mm-hmm. uh, he's super helpful because he has all the plans to the buildings. Yep. Because John had overheard uh, the engineer guy talking about, like, we'll take a team over here to where the new relay is. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll just do it that way. And we'll, you know, redo it. And John figures out that's what happens. And he's the only one that realizes that this is a big fucking ambush. Because John is fucking superhumanly prescient as opposed to everyone else. Mm-hmm. That's his skill. Like his he detective is detective skills. Yeah, he is. As Everyone else is a goddamned moron that can <laughs> yeah. do their jobs in any way competently. And the only person that can is John McClane. John McClane. Fate has bestowed upon him this gift. I I don't know. It felt like... I don't know why it doesn't bother me in the first one, but it really bothers me here that it's just like... Well, because in the first one, I feel like there's such an element... The element of it being... This guy just so happened to, like, luck in on the wrong word, but he happened into this whole circumstance, right? Chance to do it, yeah. Yeah. Chance encounter. And this plays so much into... Well, he's doing this again, and then it, because the movie wants you to root for him like he's an action hero in that regard. So everybody has to be fucking. Well, he's hyper competent. Poops, yeah. Well, and that's the thing is he has to he has to be like, uh, you know, in that same vein of like, ah, oh, there's the bad guys. I'm gonna be right on top of it. You know, it's not as much of a struggle for as yeah. opposed to the first one. And he doesn't get nearly, like, as fucked up. No. I don't think, anyway. Like, well, you don't really tell any wear and tear. Yeah. So, uh... Yeah, there's... They go, though, to the other... So their plan, such as I can tell it, is that they're gonna go to the other area, and then, like, the, the, the place is under construction, and they're gonna use that as a broadcast point. And then they'll get control back, but the terrorist, and this is how I was like immediately, like, this has got to throw some fucking red flags. It's Christmas Eve. Why are there workmen at Christmas Eve at night fucking mm-hmm. painting the place? Well, you know, uh, working triple shifts. There's that Ed Trudeau runs a tight ship in that airport. Yep. Uh, well, I did like this part, though. It's They're using the... Uh, I don't know, the people treadmills? What do they call those things? Like, uh, uh, you know, the walkways. The moving walkway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Jetsons uh, type thing. <laughs> yeah, and then the uh, bad guys, like Robert Patrick, uh, yeah. stops them. And like, hey, what do you think? Like, what do you think we are? Like, a sitting duck. Mm-hmm. And it just loves, loves. I I like the idea of them being trapped in a fucking moving walkway, though. <laughs> oh yeah, then they're like, "What do we do? Oh no!" I guess and, if it's uh, all of a sudden, sure. I mean, because there are like those little uh, dividers in between. 
I do so. think that they do end up taking out one of the terrorists, though. Because at least it I think they take like... out at least two. Yeah, like, like which honestly, I'm like that felt better. Like, because at least they were firing back and they hit. Mm. Um, but yeah, but then John makes the save. He saves the engineer. And, like, kills one of them by doing a rolling maneuver that I'm like, I don't think that would ever possibly work. Where he's, like, he's rolling on his belly. Like, he's just rolling, but, like, oh, shot, yeah. shooting infinitely with his, like, nonstop classic. pistol. That's, what, that's the thing, too, is classic action hero shots in this as well. Because that's a very much, like, old school. Well, you see that in a bunch of the 80s action movies, right? I know I I've seen just... other guys do that move. I was just like, cause John shoots so many pistol rounds, and I never see him reloading. And I'm like, how I, much, how much fucking bullets did you take to the airport, John? Well, here's the other <laughs> thing that I was thinking about too. Like, think of how much wasted ammunition is just spent hitting nothing for all of these guys, mm-hmm. back and forth. You know, to kill the one guy on the scaffold, John just shoots up like 25 times, and then that doesn't work, and then he has to push over the scaffold so it crushes the get well crushes the dummy of the guy and then... yeah and then he gets trapped underneath some other scaffolding and one guy who's completely out of ammo is like i'm gonna kick your ass well and no this is the up... best this is the best line watch this very close because the way this actor says this line is magical he because he's like looks all angry and tough he like doesn't like he doesn't unload his gun or whatever but he's like i'm gonna kick your fucking ass <laughs> <laughs> like you just, like 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 just completely word. puffed out the ass part. And uh, John has to use the moving walkway to bring the gun closer because the guy can't run. Mm. He's like, oh, no. Oh, dear. <laughs> it's like John. And then he shoots more. Again, John has already been in one firefight in the baggage claim. Yeah. I'm just concerned with how many clips he is bringing along in his day-to-day life. Well, it's, like, it's like a video game. He's just picking up more that are scattered about the airport. <laughs> like, in a, like, yeah. Speaking of, I'm going to bring it up here. The Die Hard 2 game mm. as part of uh, the trilogy that was on PlayStation was fucking awesome. Yeah, that's like the... I think after we recorded the last one, we ended up talking again. and like It's about the only thing either of us could remember about this one was that video game. The Die Hard Trilogy game for PlayStation was, well, the first one was not great, but the light gun game and the driving game were great for the seat. Yeah. C- yeah. But yeah, like, you shot it with the light gun and in the airport. It was great. But yeah, and I think you do this part where, like, you go through the construction area, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's like, but uh, uh, the, the bad guy, Colonel Sanders, is... Uh, <laughs> now say I say, you say know, yeah, well, listen, I, yeah. we anticipated the actions of your airport and we decided we need to pay the penalty. Now I say <laughs> I say you're gonna he's turning into fucking foghorn leghorn. That's his foghorn leghorn. <laughs> yeah. You guys but... are sharp as a bowling ball, let me tell you. I'm dumb. Tell y'all what. Yeah, they it's like you've wasted uh, resources on an obvious target. Because the whole plan was to kill the crack SWAT team. Mm-hmm. At the that airport. All, that all airports have, the crack SWAT team. And, well, so fucking uh, John and the engineer are going to go to that antenna thing, do the thing, but it blows up. And then John realizes it was all a distraction. 
they just wanted us to dick around and yeah that's what leads to Colonel Sanders going yeah you got a penalty now you gotta eat my leavings of my chicken yeah so uh yeah Colonel Mustard in the abandoned church <laughs> decides to like because he has more this is like the only like diehard call interaction that they have because mm-hmm. they immediately recognize one another like I think because well, like, no, you're the colonel somebody, from the new yeah somebody uh, John says Colonel it was Stewart the reporter it, yeah well, the reporter tells John and then when uh, they're talking on the radio Dennis Franz hits the thing and is like McLean you get the fuck off this line we're talking to terrorists and that's how Colonel Sanders finds out who John McLean is yeah and he's like oh well this is where he's like what are you gonna do like genocide and he's like i can think we can figure out a lesson and then what he does is um weird uh so he uh okay so he they go to the aisle uh, the instrument flight stuff so basically a lot of airports have it so that you can get guided in and there's different markers and so he fucks with it so that sea level is 200 feet lower than it actually is which causes a british flight that is low on fuel to crash land and john is out there with like a single flare <laughs> and i'm like it's not He's trying buddy, to wave it down He's buddy that thing best. is that thing is moving 500 fucking <laughs> miles an hour you're not gonna save it it couldn't see an atomic bomb if it was looking for it <laughs> <laughs> you're not doing shit to that plane uh but he's still trying and yeah this is the one that's being flown by uh, chief engineer o'brien and mm-hmm. it gets fucking got uh yeah. because which is a they're... real gut punch because it does set these guys apart from hans gruber's goons in the first one but it's also like very quickly dropped yeah we because like like 200 they they listed out it's like 250 people were on the plane yeah and presumably there's still wreckage i don't know it takes a long time like the plane crashes well it's so cold during the winter storm that it all just freezes so none of the other planes can see it oh yeah you just have to have a train of jet fuel also like blows up completely like to like a even though it was low on fuel, just completely fucking gone. The whole oh, thing. That, that's what all planes are made of. Explodium, Devin. If yeah. one thing movies has taught me is that one thing goes wrong, things are gone. Car, just... Cars too. You just like get into a fender bender, and then there goes the neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah, you hit a car with like a gun in the right spot. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that causes the a big plane crash and john is just fucking distraught for five minutes yeah he's absolutely heartbroken he would be inconsolable if anyone tried (laughs) (laughs) just like which again it's just like a bit like this has to be like the highest body count in any of these movies yeah like explicit yeah well, because like the last one, aside, last one goons aside, what is it? Three victims: Takagi, Hart, Bachner, and um, fuck. I thought there was a third guy. Uh the Johnsons and the helicopter pilot. Oh yeah. Well, I was meaning hostage, like innocence in the whole deal. 
That helicopter pilot did nothing wrong to anybody. Yeah, that's true. But, like, yeah, I mean, relatively low body count. But, like, this one, fuck, man. That is a Mm. lot of dead dudes. The security guard at the plaza, that's who the third Uh, guy was. Two of them, I think. I think there's two. One gets flashbanged. But, yeah, still, like, they don't... It just doesn't feel like... Well, it's such a, a huge, cruel act that, like, does stand out, but then, yeah, you're right, it gets quickly forgotten, and then we just gotta keep moving on, because these planes are circling around that fucking airport. Well, yeah, and, like, uh, Trudeau is, is trying to, like, you know, yeah, you did everything you could out there, John, and it still wasn't enough. Mm-hmm, yeah. Do better next gonna, time. How are we gonna get Nixon for this? What's this say about Watergate, John? <laughs> I don't know what you're referencing. Fred Thompson, he was part of the Watergate hearings. Oh. Yeah, that's he was, a, he was a senator before he got into acting. Huh. Yeah. He's the guy that asked uh, Mr. Butterfield, do you know any recording devices in the Oval Office? And then, yeah. Why was he asking that of Mrs. Butterworth? Because <laughs> Mrs. Butterworth worked for the administration. <laughs> Making pancakes and setting up wires. <laughs> you, you watch her. You don't keep that bitch in your home. She fucking knows shit, okay? She's seen things you wouldn't fucking imagine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they've they've brought in a counter-terrorist unit uh, with uh, the major... I don't remember his name. Where he taught him... Ah, and he taught uh, the colonel everything he knew about frying chicken. So, <laughs> I, I can catch him. Mm-hmm. We, were and, a, we, were, we were in a counter-restaurant unit. <laughs> he immediately gets to work doing fuck all. I don't know yeah. what they do. What are you doing? They They move very fast, they talk a lot, and they look like they're doing something important, which is all according to plan, mustache twirl. <laughs> Um. Yeah, and then well, the engineer guy figures out a way to get a message to the planes by using what is it like the transponder signal? The thing that goes beep, beep, beep. Yeah, and and then but Dick is just like we've been up here for way too long, and uh, he gets a radio from his like the one guy which i'm like i don't even know if this is uh right according to faa regulations but it can let him listen into the cockpit and so uh because he is a massive fuck up Mm -hmm. which is another thing is like all reporters are fucking evil uh or well at least william atherton because otherwise it's like the reporters are like either incompetent or usually get ignored, like the one lady, because I didn't get anything like a incompetent or bad vibes from the one la- like from Gidget. reporter. Yeah. yeah, she just is always just ignored because everybody's like, "Fuck you, lady." So yeah, and and then at the end, she was also just like, "Let them have their moment." Yeah, you know? it's, yeah, it's, it's sweet. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, oh, the general is also around that car insurance. Having mm-hmm. son of a bitch, uh, but we see had seen him before, and he's just like, "Can you let me? Can you let me out?" And the guy's like, "I can't do that, General." No. And I was like, "You are a good soldier." 
Yes, yes, good soldier. Here's one thing that I was questioning. Okay, so this general's like uh, being extradited to the U.S. He's a very dangerous individual. Why do they only have three people on this plane? One soldier That's... to watch him? That is a good question. Like, I I'm thought pretty the same... sure when they extradited El Chapo to the United States, he was surrounded by dudes. <laughs> you, know? you just thought you got one guy fresh out of boot and two pilots, huh? Real skeleton yeah. crew. And he's not even like he's practically like just sitting, not even really like on guard. Yeah, like. They, they let him smoke up because he could do that on planes. And yeah, like, and then eventually, I didn't know if this was part of the plan either, but eventually he, he hijacks the plane and can land it because it's okay. He's a pilot. He's a pilot. I don't think that was either because you could tell, like, uh, I think that was like a backup plan in case Esperanto got bored or whatever because they did have that walkie-talkie underneath the controls. But what I assumed was he just kind of... Uh, fucking just did his thing because uh, they look surprised when he talks on the walkie-talkie and they have to change his uh where he's landing yeah well and yeah i was like man wouldn't it be so weird if he ends up crashing the plane yeah and then they <laughs> just left just with like, like uh oh, shit. oh this is awkward um <laughs> Uh, we're just going to make a fucking dignified exit. <laughs> exit stage well, left, everybody. Here's uh, here's your airport back. Um, well, bye. Mm -hmm. yeah. Peace out. Yeah, but yeah, he kills the pilot and makes an emergency landing. John, by the way. Oh, yeah, because he ends up going through the tunnels again because he gets kicked out more places. It goes through the tunnels because he needs to. He has the radio. Okay. Mm -hmm. He ends up meeting back up with Marvin, who gets the coat from the dead guy. Yes. In the dead guy's coat, because they had mentioned that all of their radio transmissions had been scrambled. Mm -hmm. The the guy left his radio unlocked. Yeah. So Hard he. Fright. So he was able to listen and find out that they're landing on two on runway two five. Mm-hmm. Which, do you know why they're called what they are? They're actually not labeled one at a, like, one, two, three, four, five. Do you know what the uh, numbers for uh, runways mean? Uh, numbers of drinks served per pilot. Exactly. Nailed it. Uh, it's actually, so, if, uh, you know, the ground's 365. It's a circle. It's a it it's the degrees. So the opposite mm -hmm. runway, if you land on the other side of runway two five, would be a different designation of mm. one hundred and eighty degrees. So that's it's actually for the pilots so that they can know when they land the angle that they need to be at relative mm. to the location. Right on. It's not that they have twenty five runways <laughs> or twenty five drinks when they yeah get off the plane. Yeah, so, like, I think my runway was, like, 20, which means that it's, like, one way. And then the other way, if you're landing on the other way, is the opposite. I think of 180 degrees. So. Because as everyone know, knows, pilots go both ways. <laughs> Back and forth. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he's John is almost crushed as he goes through because there's a big metal gate. He shoots a lock. With his, he has an infinite ammo bandana. It's all good. 
This and, whole part uh, was really stupid to me. I this felt really tedious. <laughs> this know. is tacked on. It just yeah. um because then he he commented the general lands gets out of the plane and like greetings America and John just punches him and yeah. like welcome to Earth. <laughs> yeah. And like who are you? And like I'm a policeman. You're under arrest for mm-hmm. drugs. And, <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It's like the general is like, I don't understand any of this. A lot of a lot has just gone abruptly wrong, and this has all gone to pot. And then uh, the colonel and his crew uh, drive up and immediately start shooting into the aeroplane. Yeah, with the general still in it, and the general gets shot in the. Yeah, takes John sh- John shoots him, and then he's like, "I gotta go into the cockpit, I guess." And he locks himself in the... Well, they lock him into the cockpit. And then they fire in. And they're like, this is a military burial. And he's like, I I don't think this is how that works, guys. Yeah, I don't think at a military funeral they shoot the coffin up. <laughs> that they do. 21 times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just Put him in the ground, boys. <laughs> that's yeah. what the 21 gun salute is. <laughs> and then they're like... You know how many we got grenades, right? Yeah, three per man. And I'm like, what did you think was gonna happen? Yeah, always be prepared. That's the Boy Scouts. Oh my god, those were the Boy Scouts. Exactly. That's the colonels leading the rogue faction of counter terrorist Boy Scouts. A whole bunch of uh, weebelos. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, John, the cockpit gets full up with real slow acting grenades. Really, really this obnoxiously oh, slow grenades. You guys, they could have, John could have, like, gotten lunch. He could have, like, called Holly. He could have done a number of things before he got to the ejector seat. And then the fucking cockpit and the plane explodes. And this, like, I know it's an iconic shot from these movies, right? But it's just, this was really fucking stupid to me. It was a bit extra. You know what I thought John was going to do? I thought he was going to take the dead pilot and put him above the, like, on the grenades so mm-hmm. that that guy would take the, exp- like, yeah, and then he would live. Well, he, he had two bodies, and I mean, that's, it is, it's an interesting uh, concept because your brain has to go, like, okay, how are you going to get out of this? And these things, you know, we don't have long, so, but man, it just, it took forever, and then he's just, like, he literally has yeah. enough time to move the guy out of the fucking seat strap himself in like these grenades man you could brew a cup of coffee and like read a book by the time he gets you could like pick it back up and throw it back yeah with how long because he like oh shit here's a grenade and then like i said like two minutes Mm -hmm. there's an entire commercial break before (laughs) oh i'm sorry did hulu have ads in the no, I like yeah. That was what I like. That's uh, like that's the length. It's like there's yeah. the entire length of like a commercial ad that you could sit through, and then hits ejector seat and like. And then the bad guys, for no real reason at this point, were just like, "Ah, whatever. We got the general. He's good." What a lucky son of a bitch! All right, get in the car. We gotta get back <laughs> to the church. They saw him. Yeah, <laughs> they did. They still had bullets. They could have shot him. <laughs> it's like, why are you lazy waiting? asses? You already fucking committed to chucking nine grenades into this plane. God. That's uh, a bit, that's a bit, that's a bridge too far. 
yeah um well that and the the final sequence is also like yeah it's a bit much it's a bit much um yeah the passengers getting restless they turn on the simpsons though and they're placated yeah that's nice 1990 simpsons i mean that's you know right in the golden era thereabouts yeah it's top tier Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah and john gets into uh, like he gets back with the major the major's like dude i'm the counterterrorism guy you you get out of this you're just a cop from la why are you even here and it's like my wife's on one of those planes he's like oh okay well that justifies everything well come along join our council yes welcome to the council of counterterrorists <laughs> Uh, and also the planes are having fuel problems, which, again, they would just divert to a multitude of other places yeah, on many, the eastern seaboard. Any other airports. They're, I mean, or like military airports or there's just a lot. Well, of yeah. Places. Why couldn't they do that? Why couldn't they are like couldn't like the air like one of those if pres- presumably in one of those situations like the Air Force could step in and like, hey, use an airport at one of the hangars or whatever. You well, because they're not supposed away. to contact them. And I was just like, get in a car and drive. Yeah, I know. It's fucking D.C. Like literally you could just drive to the like all banner. Oh, man, there is like a dozen ways that this could go down. This is partly why I also don't like it. Cause like, unlike the other, at least the ones that I've seen, this is the plan that has like the most holes in it. Yeah. Well, it's not even one of those plans where if there's modern technology, it kind of like takes away like in the first one. No, this is even with technology at the time, they could have fucking just beaten all this. Yeah. No, this is like, you know, hop in your car drive somewhere out like and tell them contact someone some other way and yeah. they'll be fine the airplanes themselves as that like generally have another area the airplanes don't just circle until they run out of fucking fuel really that's what always happens in age of empires yeah they have planes in age of empires well, well, what am I thinking of? There's one. Oh, civilization and civilization. Yeah. yeah. If you destroy the airport, then they just fly around until they run out of fuel. It's really annoying. Yeah. No, they they fucking find a diverting airport, and mm. they go to that airport. And again, it's not like they're in Billings, Montana. They but what fly... if all the airports in on the eastern seaboard are closed today because of the storm? Winter winters, you know, rough out there. Yep. Yeah, as we all know, airline accidents drastically increase when there's a winter storm. Drastically. <laughs> all the, all, the, 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 all the runways sea. are covered nice. Yep. It's the perfect the, plan. Yeah. And this is, again, assuming that they even negotiate and don't just shoot the general's plane down. That's true, too. Which is, like... What I... And also assuming that their runway doesn't get frozen over. Well, they have a plane that's the farthest hangar away, and you know they're able to just load on up to their commercial seven forty seven with. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, because of, uh, well, there's a lot of things. But John eventually works with Engineer Man, and mm-hmm. just like there's only a few places that they could be doing this, and if they came and picked up the general that close. There's a neighborhood, so they're probably right there. So they find the church. Yeah, after knocking on like 12 different houses. 
are you guys a bunch of terrorists? <laughs> yeah, no. do you guys have General Esperanto? He's a big deal or whatever. <laughs> it's just like, are you guys the terrorists? And if they say <laughs> yes, we shoot him. Yeah. <laughs> but he finds the guy. He's like, hey, you sure this is not a guy going out for a walk? He's like, he's retracing his steps. Mm-hmm. How do you know how do he's, you know he's not neurotic? Yeah, it's like, how do you know he's not a weirdo? <laughs> he's got weird fears. No one has weird, weird fears in the 90s. Uh, no, it was a fearless time. Uh, and he, he's going to sneak up on him, but he gets the beeper again from Holly. He's just like, yeah. John, help me figure out why this plane's not landing. <laughs> it's like, what do you want me to do? I'm not a pilot. Uh, the army also, uh, yeah, so he gets to fight this one guy in a prolonged sequence as the army loads up because they've also found the church. Well, they listen to... Uh, oh, the Barnes guy cop that... the yeah. An engineer yeah. calls calls him, and then Major Grant's like, "All right, let's roll on over there. Transformers, roll out!" And then they do. Yeah, and then John has to kill the guy with an icicle to the eye. An I know. icicle. Ah, yeah. I wrote down in my notes. I was like, "Wow, McLean does a Jason Voorhees style kill with an icicle." I know. This is the most brutal fucking murder. So far, does. yeah, that is a very much like slasher film kill. Is that very out of place? Yeah, like, um, and then the major warms up to McLean. I guess to get like the, because uh, spoilers, he's a bad guy. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess to like keep him off the chase. Maybe that he's got I always, everything. I just assume that he's just you know he actually did like him. Yeah, but he, he tells off the um, Carmine. He's mm-hmm. like, he de- deserves to be here. He found the, he did all the stuff. And, uh, uh, the, but eventually John finds that they're leaving via snowmobile. There's a big firefight. He steals one of them and, like, he kills two of them and it yeah. uses their snowmobile and takes their machine gun. Ho, yeah, ho, then ho. they have, like, <laughs> then they have, like, snowmobile machine gun jousting which i didn't know as a sentence i'd be saying today but yeah and he notices that his guns aren't doing anything and this is where i noticed the tape like that they were yeah me too yeah i was like oh yeah it's blue and then like i noticed that the others that they were using were red and i was like that's gotta mean something yeah why is that yeah i was like you guys that's you guys aren't batman villains that's not a gimmick choice but yeah yeah Meanwhile, in the skies above Washington, D.C., Dick Thornton causes chaos by calling into his station and, like, relaying everything that's happening, which causes mm. all the people in the airport to fucking panic. Flee! Like, out and out riot. Yeah. Run! Run for our lives! Get out! Get out while you can! It's the Hindenburg 2.0! Yeah, it's like all of them run. As though the blob were coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it was a little much. Like, just seeing a whole bunch of people running from the airport, uh, which causes a bunch of chaos. And, uh, yeah, this is where... Because uh, they have the... There's, like, they bomb the uh, church, and the major's like, oh, we got to get out of there. We can't, you know, can't do all this. That the bo- We had to get a bomb squad. We're going to go to the next location. And while he's in the back of the car, uh, one of the new guys is like, man, I wish I was in Grenada with you guys. 
It's like, yeah, Grenada. Five hours of action, 170 hours of surf. Yeah. He's like, that sounds great. I hope I can do that next time. And Major Grant's like, ha, 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 there won't be a next time, fool. And then he slits his throat with a knife. Yep, because had he been to Grenada, then he would have been all up in that plan. As everybody knows, going to Grenada is a fucking siren's call for treason. (laughs) Grenada. (laughs) You mix Grenada with Sprite and you get a Shirley Temple. (laughs) Treason. Treason. Treasonous drinks. Sprite, the drink of treason. There's a show (laughs) title. (laughs) (laughs) That's an episode title Uh, I ever heard about. We won't use it probably, but no, maybe, maybe. Uh, uh, shit. Um, yeah. So the panic happens. John does a big dramatic reveal with Carmine. He's like, "It's all you got to stop the major. There's a whole bunch of stuff." And then he's just like, "Fuck it!" And he pushes him, and he just unloads a whole clip into the guy. He vents all of his frustration with these blanks. And I'm like, just like, I feel like you know a few are- would. Huh? Those are still dangerous. Oh no, not movie blanks. Movie blanks, they're all they're all noise. They're no danger. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna say it. But yeah, like it's just a big dramatic reveal, which causes Carmine to be on John's side mm-hmm. immediately. He's like, Wow, that near death experience really showed me the error of my ways. I'm listening to you from now on, McLean. And some say Carmine's heart grew three sizes that day. <laughs> Along with his trousers. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sets off the metal detectors first. The shit in your brains or the lead in your pants. Wait. It's like, wait, shit wouldn't cause a detector to go off. But do you think he... Lead wouldn't either? Why, why, uh, why not? It's a, it's a metal. It's not. It's not a ferrous metal. Oh, really? Well, then this doesn't work at all. This McLean's comeback doesn't work at all. No, I think there's just better ways to call him shit for brains. That's true, too. Anyway, yeah, so they're like, oh, we got to get into action. Holly springs into action doing the only thing she does all movie because mm-hmm. Thornburn locks himself into a bathroom. Yeah, and he's given his news report because he's been working on it for a while. And he, you know, and he's like putting, uh, here you, here I am, Richard Thornbirds leading the way. Here on my rise to network superstardom, putting my life on the line for king and country and for the airport. Then Holly bursts in and she uses the shock thing on him, and uh, he has a massive cardiac episode, and he just gets down he, like a sack of potatoes. He dies in his own <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know those airplane bathrooms? Like, the doors for those are real easy to, to open. Oh, not in the 90s. Those things are ironclad. Until the incidents oh, no, the, happened. The, no, those locks, they're super shit. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's Holly's contribution to this whole story. Well, until she gets off the plane and kisses John. Yeah, that's it. Um, John, like, because they... Uh, Carmine, like, get in the car, we're going to move. And they move all of five feet before he decides to T-bone a cab. Yeah, it causes them to be fucking uh, stranded. And John's like, hey, reporter lady, you got a helicopter nearby? 
Mm-hmm. She's like, Which... yeah, in my back pocket. What what does it mean for you? He's like, I'll give you the story of the afternoon. And I love those. And yeah, he <laughs> uses that to get on to like, hey, you got to get in front of the plane. He's like, I'm not playing chicken with a plane. He's like, just put me above the wings then. Yeah, I'll land on the wing. And he's like, there... that sounds good to me. Yeah, and so he does. He lands on the wing and he puts his coat in the aileron so they can't get full lift. And then mm-hmm. in what has to be the longest runway in all of Washington, D.C. <laughs> well, don't you know Dulles goes for miles? The other thing that I noticed is like, okay, so they're in like a 747, right? Uh-huh. Esperanto, like, he's like, oh, there's something wrong with the ailerons. And then he looks backwards as if, like, the wings are nowhere near the fucking cockpit. He's like, it's McLean. I'm like, did you look at the fucking rear view? How did you fucking find him? He looked at the he looked at the mirror that was on the side there. You know, <laughs> this is the side mirrors. Yeah, just like, like you do, ten and two, and then you know, check your mirrors. Like that's what he did. Uh, yeah, and then, and like, then there was a fucking LAD, LAPD police detective fucking fucking up his escape attempt. There's something on the wing, some. Thing, Major Grant, go take care of business. Yeah, and Major Grant decides to fight him hand to hand while Colonel Stewart, like, watches, just looks on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, what taking notes? He's gonna learn more. This mm-hmm. man taught me everything I knew. Studying the fucking McLean's fighting style. Well, and, like, also, this major turning on every, like, turning heel just comes Mm -hmm. out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Um, Like, I don't really... So, like, the other ones had twists and turns, but this just feels like, oh, Die Hard has twists and turns with the bad guy's plan. Mm -hmm. As opposed to, you know, how it should fucking feel. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't feel natural or earned. It's like, why would he fucking turn on, like, turn traitor? But there is that in the in the kind of basic uh, tent post style writing of an action movie. I did like the I did like that it did something different to the first one. Where oh, this guy that we thought was actually a reasonable—that's how we should have known because he was actually He's a reasonable forward to be a figure and whatnot turn traitor. I did I did like that. I wish it was just set up better. Yeah, that's what I mean. I just wanted more like that's the big thing with all the bad guys is just like. What are they getting out of all of this? Oh, sweet vacation. Yeah. Prep up the boys. We're going to Cabo. Yeah. The fucking, the finest drinks Antarctica can provide. And yeah, so uh, he fights the major and ends up getting the drop on him and fucking putting him in the engine and also killing him in kind of a slasher villain way. Mm-hmm. What you imagine would take out the engine? I was, you know, a lot about aeroplanes. I was wondering if you would know. Would that happen if you fucking threw a human body through one of those things? Oh fuck yeah, dude! That thing is going real fast. <laughs> well, I know it would, but would it fuck up the? Would it, you know? I mean, I well, because I know it can take a bird. Like a bird yeah. can hit, but yeah. like, so just take like a bunch of birds. You know, well, because that was a the dude amount of birds with, like, equal to one person. I, I would imagine. That that would fuck up the the engine of the airplane, and you couldn't just roll on through. <laughs> I wonder. The MythBusters, I hope, should should have done this uh, 
this sort of a deal. Yeah, give me a give me a big jet engine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we're gonna throw a... a gelatin figure to through it, and we're gonna see if it can still fly. Yeah, throw Buster through it. Well, yeah. Buster might not work because he's made of metal. I mean, like the fleshy yeah. bits through the engine could totally, you know, be processed. It's like making but, yeah. sausage, but with a person. Exactly, blood sausage. Yeah. So the colonel's just like, well, I guess I gotta fight him. And instead of like shooting him like a rational actor, yeah, just decides that he no no. I've trained for this. I stretched naked in my hotel, mm-hmm. waiting for I this must, moment. I must fight the my and, uh, my new enemy, John McClane. And to his credit, totally fucking wins this. Oh, fight. he does. Yeah, yeah. He, we don't get even a satisfying denouement. With the colonel, no. We have to let we have to let circum. Well, fucking, we'll see, you'll see. But yeah, it's it's so. Eh, it just doesn't have the same kind of punch, the one-two punch, because it does feel like John Amos's character is sacrificed to give us that. Hooray, McLean did it! And then uh, the cur- Colonel fucking Sanders beats McLean, and it's like, oh, but then McLean, you know, one-ups him because in the struggle with the colonel, while they're fighting on the wing. He uh, opens up a little fuel port that the wing has, and he pops that open. And uh, then Colonel Sanders picks him up and then fucking throws him. McClane, What's the matter, Colonel Sanders? Chicken? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, nobody calls me chicken. Throws McClane, then goes back into the plane, shuts the door, uh, buckles up, uh, sat it, looks, looks, smiles smugly to himself with a mission well accomplished. And uh, John busts out a Zippo, says, yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker, lights it, which doesn't make sense in the, like, why would you say that at this point? Whatever. Uh, (laughs) So it lights the the trail of fuel and explodes, and thankfully this fuel burns forever and will be a, a landing light. And everyone's like, oh, my God. He did it. Well, now we can well, land the planes. If and they I'm can like, land a plane, so can we. And yeah, that's how everybody fucking yeah. And, and he lands all. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. How long was this going? And uh, Fight for. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and they. Uh, everybody lands all like seven planes. Yeah. And uh, the day is saved. They get to use the slide. Which mm-hmm. would be the best part of getting into a plane crash. Like, if, you know, objectively. Like well, it's I bad. mean, surviving would be the best part of a plane crash. Yeah, 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 fuck that. The slide, though. Yeah, I'm sure like I'm be... sure everybody on Leonard Skinner really thought the slide would have been the best part of that. Fucking... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if they made it. Yeah. Then split in half and crash into the woods. I mean, it's better than having to eat your teammates. <laughs> it's true, too. <laughs> you know, I really, really prefer to slide out of this whole experience. Uh, you know, oh, all yeah. else being equal, one, Javier is delicious. Two, <laughs> we never did get to use that slide. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. But uh, they get to use the slide. Everybody's reunited. Uh, Holly and John are. They have a big kiss. They drive off with Marvin, who's our new Argyle. <laughs> yeah. 
and, slash uh, Al Powell. Yes, and thus the day is saved, and his yeah. ticket's forgiven. He's like, it's Christmas, and he's like, okay. Sweet, my fucking car's still impounded. That's where Marvin's taking him. He's taking him to the impound lot. Yeah, well, and, and you know, 250 people died. Um, yeah. So... Well, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, I, don't, I think that wreckage is still fresh. Well, I think they were British, so it doesn't really count that much. They're not real people. No. It was just Miles O'Brien. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know. And, yeah. I mean, they were aggressively British. The one They were. Uh, the flight attendant was like, well, we're just like British Rail. We'll get you there. Mm-hmm. Like, and they're like, thank you so much. Would you refill my tea? I'm having yes. a nice strip of beef wellington. And they're like, we'll get you there in a box, just like British Rail. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you there and then we'll plant a flag. <laughs> just very British. Oh, oh yeah. So uh, that's does Die Harder. Yeah, this is Die Hard too. Um yeah, uh, so here's what I wrote at the end of my notes in summary. So it's like, Die Hard 2 is good, but lacking a lot of the same heart and character. To a- character. It, um, yeah. it says it's lacking a lot of the same heart and character, and it amps up the action, ex- action aspects of the first, but makes up for it with solid concept and surprisingly good twists. I like yeah. the twists. <laughs> for being so, even though they're really sudden and poorly set up, they do add a nice element of keeping the the momentum of the story going because it's it doesn't feel like two hours either this feels like no. a breeze no it's it's a fun movie like I, if it sounds like i'm being overly negative i do like this movie mm-hmm. yeah, i just think yeah sorry i just think it's just not as good like the, its biggest yeah. crime is that it's following up die hard exactly which is a has, top five action movie yeah it has the horrible fucking job to follow that up <laughs> but i think for what it you know all things considered like not a blemish on the Die Hard franchise, you know, which you can't say a lot about. You can't say about a lot of things that are in similar shoes, you know. No, it is of the ones that I've seen, which are the first four. I think it's the most safe. Yeah. Action movie. Well, it's like, the most it generic just, too. Yeah, I think that's partly why people don't bring it up. Like, mm-hmm. like the same, like, oh, is it a Christmas movie or not? Nah, not it really. Matter doesn't matter but also like it's just not as solid as the yeah. first die hard that first die hard is very good it's a banger this is... it's a banger and this is fine i mean i didn't i was happy to watch like i felt satisfied by the end but it definitely is like it's more die hard but not more die hard in a way that you're like yeah more die hard's like okay more die hard yeah, yeah more die hard yeah. it's a b minus movie yeah that's where you're like, yeah, I mean, it, it is pretty good, but it's not something you're just going to be like, I need to preserve this. Yeah, I, I want to watch this again. Uh, no, I mean, I'll probably watch it at some point later, you know, yeah. but it's not maybe with another marathon of the whole series because I do like them all. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not it's not bad and it's totally watchable. It's just very. Yeah, I think generic is pretty well the right word to use for this one. Yeah, safe, generic. Yeah. It is, it is exactly what it is, and nothing more. And that's the the B 
biggest problem. Yeah. But uh, yeah, next week though, what I'm excited. Yeah, I am actually. too. Uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Uh, I you know I don't even think we need to bury the lead. Uh, it's one of the it's it's probably our favorite. Well, we said at the last one that it was our yeah. favorite, so you know, yeah, be prepared it, for us to just talk a lot about how much we love this movie and watched it a ton because we did. Mm-hmm. It's it's really good. Mm-hmm. We go to New York. Yeah. Well, and I think it just as a quick uh, before we even get to it, I think the third one like takes does does what this should have had and where it learns all the lessons from the first one and does them better you know well john mctiernan's back says the the directing it feels much more of a sequel to one Mm kind of does that whole dark knight (laughs) or like the dark like where it's the sequel to the first movie much more than anything because like Mm -hmm. die hard 2 always ends up being in its own little world well, yeah, it's literally just a little separate, same thing, kind of same thing happened, the same guy, shtick. But yeah, the, yeah, we'll talk about it more with the third one, but I also just like how he has a buddy that he can work off of. I think that's mm-hmm. also really integral for McClane. Um, ha- yeah. yeah, having, and, and the stakes are such that he can't just leave. Well, and it makes use of the setting, too, in a way that it doesn't feel... Um, like, you know, where there's question marks around it, where it's actually like, okay, New York's a huge place, and he has to go running around it, so on and so forth. You know, we'll get into it more next week, but the, I am looking forward to it as well. It's been a it's been a hot minute, but goddamn, it's a it is a classic of my life. Oh yeah, we never did get into that. Yeah, they this movie, uh, Die Hard Two, winks and nudges all the time with like. You know, Holly's like, we can't keep can't keep doing this, mm-hmm. or like, why does this keep happening to us? Yeah, and there are some funny, and they are funny about it, and that I think adds to the little charm of it, where at least they're self aware. I think it's, sometimes maybe, they can get a bit too much. Like one I, less joke would have been nice, you know. Yeah, if the, Holly think, hadn't have brought it up, I think that would have, you know. I think it would have been okay if John hadn't made as many. That's true. Because I did like how everybody was bringing up, oh, you were on, like, Nightline or 60 Minutes or, you know, as they probably would once they recognized him. Well, yeah, and I, you know, it makes sense that not everyone would remember a dude from two years ago. Exactly. You know, yeah, it would have been big then, but fuck, man. Shit moves on, and it's Christmas. We got other things to worry about. Exactly. You know, would you recognize John Bobbitt? Yes. I have his poster on the wall. Oh. My scrapbook. Yep. There's a whole shrine. Yep. Just waiting. My life is a a series of steps and moments and minutes of just waiting until that time where (laughs) fate allows me, perchance, to cross paths with John Bobbitt. Yeah, don't lose your head. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Yep. So that's uh, that's it. Well, anyway, until then, I'm I've, Devin. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. Dating. We step. I'm Dayton. I'm Spartacus. Ah, <laughs> oh, this is Anyway, <laughs> all right. Have a good night, everybody. Peace.